Love Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Okay, welcome to Riding the Wave. I'm your host, Mark Healy, the editor-in-chief of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. With me today is Councilman Eric Ulrich, who is, and I just <laughs> can't believe I said <laughs> Eric Ulrich, who's running for New York City public advocate. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks, Mark. I don't know what's funny, my name or the fact that I'm running for public advocate. <laughs> no, no. We're just having well, that conversation. We, we just off the air, I just asked him, you know, I've known you for so many years, and yet, you know, I've heard people refer to you as Ulrich, and I've always said Ulrich, and somebody, you know, um, corrected me the other day, and now I can't believe I just said that. Th- those are two That's of my nicer funny. names. You can call me anything you want, just don't call me late to dinner, right? Okay, um, now I don't know if you read my editorial a few weeks ago, but I talked about um, my editorial, One Less Phony. And, and basically uh, what, it, what it meant was is that, that I, was, I was very skeptical of the public advocate as a position, uh, given its, uh, what it costs the taxpayers and what it actually does. But at the end of the editorial I said, um, you know, unless of course, you know, Eric Ulrich, because this is before you had, had, you know, openly decided to run. I know you were mulling it. Uh, I said, if, if Eric Ulrich can figure out a way to make it, make, have it make sense, maybe we'll, you know, reconsider our position. So, and then you did announce it, and then that's when I decided that it would be important for us at the Wave to do interviews with those who are seeking the office. And now it's your turn. Well, thank you so much. I think that. Um, your concern or skepticism about the office is definitely well-founded. I think there are a lot of New Yorkers who feel like the role of the public advocate and and the office of the public advocate is not as effective as we would like it to be. And that's exactly why I'm running. I think that now more than ever, at a time when we have so many problems in our city and we have a mayor that is really unchecked, and gets a pass from the media and there's no one really standing up to him at City Hall that maybe maybe it's time to have a public advocate who actually holds the mayor accountable, who holds the mayor's feet to the fire, uh, who makes sure that city agencies are functioning efficiently and honestly and that we have a good government. Uh, So I think that as it's described in the city charter the role of the public advocate is is a very important one but if you don't have someone in that position who's actually fulfilling that role the way it was intended to be, you know, that could lead to a lot of people feeling that maybe we ought to get rid of it. I don't think that we should get rid of it. I think that we need to give it some teeth 
and actually make the public advocate's office do something. And the first thing that the office needs to do is to be a check on the mayor, not a rubber stamp for his uh, agenda. Uh, when uh, the former speaker of the council, someone you know very well, Melissa Mark Viverito, was on the show, uh, she talked about the same thing, uh, strengthening, uh, the, the strengthening the role of the public advocate to the point where uh, they would be more of a check on the mayor and, and someone who, uh, you know, would, would actually have some power, have some, as you said, teeth in the role. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, that's the only way uh, I think that people will be excited uh, to vote, you know, because, well, let's, let's be honest, I mean, Bill de Blasio, 75% of, uh, of the electorate stayed home. You know, and when he came out and said, "Oh, this is a clear mandate," you know, I, I went after him. I, I, I was like, "No, it's not a clear mandate. It's a clear mandate that people were so uh, apathetic about the the election that they stayed home." So, this to me, this this public advocate election, this campaign that you're running, uh, is is if there's if if there's ever been a, an opportunity for people in Rockaway to get behind a candidate that understands Rockaway issues. I mean, look, this is their this is their moment. They may disagree with you on a number of issues. That's you know that that comes with the territory. I mean, it's Rockaway, you know. Um, but if people really care about Rockaway, I, to me, I mean, how how do you convince someone that may disagree with you uh, on a particular issue to vote for you in this election? Well, listen, I think that as you pointed out, this election is a referendum on Bill De Blasio, and this. A particular election on February 26th, by the way, I want to put that date out there because I think people are unaware of when the election actually is. It's Tuesday, February 26th. It's a nonpartisan special election. There are no Democrats and no Republicans on the ballot. There are 20-plus candidates who have declared and filed petitions. I am one of them. I think I'm the only one who's willing to stand up to the mayor and be a check on the mayor and conduct this election as a referendum on Bill de Blasio, on his failed administration, on his failure to address the plight of people in public housing with no heat and hot water, on his failure to adequately address the, the crumbling subway and bus system in the city, even though he has three appointees to the MTA executive board, his failure to address a skyrocketing homelessness population in our city with, with a real strategy to prevent more people from becoming homeless and also create long-term affordable housing options so that we can transition people out of the shelter system. On issue after issue, the mayor is completely absent and no one's calling him out on it. So I'm running this election as a referendum on the mayor to hold Mayor de Blasio accountable and to shine that disinfecting ray of light on the issues that New Yorkers care about and are concerned about that simply aren't being addressed by the administration. You know, there is a um, certainly a, a feeling amongst people in Rockaway that this current uh, federal government is not doing what it needs to do as far as uh, when it comes to beach erosion, when it comes to uh, the U.S. Army Corps putting pressure on them. Uh, and I, I've seen recently um, a lot of people uh, want to give the city some kind of pass on what happened last year with the beach closures, uh, which was you know, a, you know just a blow, a complete blow to uh, our local businesses. And the charges, and, and I, I think it's warranted, but I think the charge that people have levied against the city uh, is that this mayor, this administration, uh, you know, these agencies are anti-small business. And a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the things that they come up with, like, you know, two weeks free paid vacation for everyone. I mean, I'm sure there's people are like, all right, that's great. 
But, you know, some businesses, small businesses, can't afford to do that. So, as public advocate, how would you, you know, start to, you know, with your Rockaway kind of resume, how can you convince people like the Tuberties, like these people who own these small businesses, uh, to vote for you uh, in this, you know, to, 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 to see that they'll have somebody on their side? Yeah, I think that that's an important point. Um, there are a lot of folks in this community who own small businesses, and when Hurricane Sandy completely devastated their homes, uh, it also wiped them out uh, in terms of their small businesses. Imagine that trying, imagine trying to have to rebuild your home and your business at the same time. That was a reality for a lot of people out here. And so many of those business owners are still struggling to recover since the storm, to make up lost revenue, to rebuild their businesses, to hire back employees or hire new employees. The city has not made it particularly easy for them, uh, given uh, the mayor's recent announcements uh, with his own uh, health care plan and also his uh, his family leave uh, policy, two weeks uh, paid sick leave for small businesses. This isn't like the original paid sick leave bill that was going to apply to uh, businesses with 10 or 20 or more employees. This is going to affect the small mom and pop shops, the pizzeria owners, the bakery owners, the florists, the 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 uh, the small businesses that in many parts of the city are immigrant-owned businesses. These are new Americans and new New Yorkers who are trying to get their piece of the American dream. We're not making it easier for them. We're making it more difficult for them. Not to mention the fact that they get banged over the head every single day by the alphabet soup of city agencies, the buildings department, the health department, the fire department, the consumer affairs department, you name it. And they just get nickel and dimed with fines and fees and violations and when the mayor announces these unfunded government mandates, I think it sends the wrong message to people who are thinking about going into business and for those who are struggling to stay in business that uh, New York City is not on your side. Uh, the mayor is more interested, in my opinion, in raising his national profile and raising his, his standing uh, politically as, as the leader of the so-called progressive wing of the Democratic Party then he is actually governing the day-to-day -day affairs of the city and helping the little guy uh, in the outer boroughs who are just, you know, playing by the rules, following the law, paying their taxes, but they feel ignored by City Hall. I think they're looking for an advocate. The people that you mentioned, the, the Tuberties, those are, you know, uh, long-standing families in this community. I have a great deal of respect for them. I've, I've worked with them in the past on particular projects. The new hotel that's going up, they know I was very supportive of them. Uh, I don't govern in a partisan way. When I get into office, I will be a voice and a champion for every New Yorker. Democrats, Republicans, independents, blanks, conservatives, liberals, they're not going to agree with me on every issue. The Republicans don't agree with me on every issue. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's, it, it's not to say that I'm going to be for only the people that supported me or voted for me or like me. Uh, I think it's time that we had an elected official in the city who wanted to focus on New York City specific issues, on issues in individual communities, individual neighborhoods, and give them the attention and the responsiveness that they're currently not getting from Mayor de Blasio and his administration. The other, the other thing too is that, you know, um, you, you mentioned it, um, talking about, uh, you know, there are things with, you know, we've been talking about this lately, and it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's, as, it's as if, especially of late, people are more connected or more uh, representative of the ideology of, of whatever group they belong to rather than looking at issues on a case-by-case -case basis. 
And I think to govern effectively, especially in a unique place like Rockaway, to really, I mean, you've seen it, you know, you've seen it hands-on as, as, as the councilman of, of, of you know, of, of, uh, of half of Rockaway. You know, you've seen issues come up that you're not, you're, you don't ask people, and you've said this to me, your staff has said this to me, I've had people who are Democrats that have said this to me. Now, Eric doesn't ask you what your political party is. He doesn't ask you what you're registered as, that if there's an issue and he can help, he's going to help. And that's why I think you have such a great relationship with Phil Goldfeder, uh, former Assemblyman Phil Goldfeder. For those of you who are new to Rockaway or have just moved here or new to the show, you know Phil was like that as well. And that's why you guys got along so well, because you looked at your job. Uh, and you know, maybe this sounds like I'm you know, giving Eric a lot of credit. I do give Eric a lot of credit. I've done it in print. I've done it on the air. Um, as councilman, he stepped up. I've seen it firsthand. So I think that people from Rockaway, even if they don't agree with you, and I've said this before, um, don't vote against your own interests. And this isn't an, an endorsement, it's just a, a common sense that if I said to you, Eric, um, talk to me about the situation on Beach 116th Street when the businesses were faced with the final quarter uh, of the year, which was a bad year to begin with, and they were faced with their businesses being shut down with water uh, during the day you know, during the holiday season. You know, there is no Democrat or Republican way of cleaning the streets or delivering constituent services. I'm very proud to have a staff that works incredibly hard. Uh, and I believe that is the main reason, or one of the main reasons, why I got reelected. People like me, they don't like me, they, li they used to like me. I mean, to be honest with you, this is a three-to-one Democratic district, non-white majority. Rockaway is not the entirety of the council district. It goes all the way into Richmond Hill, Ozone Park, Woodhaven. Uh, hardly a bastion of Republican voters, and, uh, and, and these are not uh, necessarily communities that, uh, that would agree with people in Rockaway on every particular issue. Uh, but it's a three-to-one Democratic district, and it's non-white majority. And in my last election, I got 66% of the vote. So what I like to say is, whatever I'm doing, it must be working, because they keep voting for this Republican uh, who they could, you know, on Facebook, sometimes they complain about, but when they get in the booth, they're voting for me. I think they're voting for me because they, they know that I'm tough, I'm honest, uh, I don't talk out of two sides of my mouth, but more importantly, I have the staff that works so hard, and I work hard, and I put in the hours and the time uh, I think that, uh, similar to Phil Goldfeder, uh, who you mentioned, he, this guy he worked his ass off for Rockaway and for his constituents. And it showed on Election Day. People respect and appreciate someone who's honest and who works hard. And I want to bring that work ethic to the job of the public advocate, to the role of the public advocate. And, and I just want to share this. You know, Eric's probably not going to like that I share, I'm sharing this, but I remember uh, something came up that was a news item. And... Uh, I called uh, Eric's staff, and I, I, I need a quote. I need a quote from, from the councilman. And <laughs> Eric calls me on my cell, and he says, stop bothering my staff for a quote, because they're doing the people's work. They're trying to help people, and you're wasting their time with getting a quote. Just call me directly. I don't know right. if you remember that. I it sounds like something <laughs> I would say. You probably took out a few expletives, but... Uh, no, I, I did, my, I did. my staff works it's hard. A show. I worked hard. I work hard. Right. And I'm very proud of the work that we've been able to do for Rockaway. We've done a lot of good in the Rockaways. We have also prevented a lot of bad things from happening in Rockaway. And you won't read about that in the Wave or on Facebook or anywhere else because we don't always publicize everything or air out uh, conversations that we have 
uh, with our partners at the city hall or at the state level uh, or at the federal government, we are diligently working uh, behind the scenes to make sure that people get the most out of me and my staff, but more importantly, get the most out of their hard-earned tax dollars. People in Rockaway pay a lot of money in taxes, sales tax, property tax, income tax. Today there was an article that came out, I think Mayor de Blasio pays uh, 4000 and change in property taxes for his home in Park Slope. It's worth more than $2 million. I have constituents in Bell Harbor and Rockaway Park that are paying seven or $8,000 and their home would sell for half that amount of money. It's just absurd that we have this inequitable, I hate to use the term, but tale of two cities and the mayor doesn't give a damn. And, you know, the Wave will report about it, thankfully, but you won't read about this in the Daily News, and you won't see it on New York One later today. I just think it's a shame that in so many areas and in so many ways, there are a lot of things going on in this city that are going wrong. And the average New Yorker knows it. They feel it in their pocketbook. They feel it in their homes or in their businesses. And who is standing up for them? Who is fighting for them? That's why I'm running for public advocate, because I believe it's time that we give a voice to the forgotten New Yorkers. When I um, first started hearing from people about uh, doing these interviews you know, for public advocate, um, people who would never have thought of coming to Rockaway before uh, were calling me and asking me to come on the podcast. And I said to them, I said, you know, I said, look, you know, it, it's tough for me to have anybody on this show that's never been here, you know, uh, because this is, you know, a community newspaper. I mean, you know, the wave has been around for a long time, and a lot of people have heard of it, but at the end of the day, it's Rockaway Beach's newspaper. So it's Rockaway's newspaper, it's the Peninsula's newspaper. If you're not coming to the Peninsula, I don't see why you would want to come on a podcast. So um, one of the reasons we had uh, the former speaker on, Melissa well, Martha Vigarito, and I bring her up again for a reason. Now, some people in Rockaway, some Republicans in Rockaway, have been very critical of you uh, because you supported her campaign for speaker and now have you know gone out of your way to criticize her as your opponent uh, you know uh, for whatever reasons uh, including uh, her support of FALN uh, founder Oscar Lopez Rivera if someone said to you Eric how could you support her for speaker and then you know criticize her now like how would you how would you answer that I think that's inside baseball. The folks that are critical of me were critical of me before I voted for uh, the speaker. In every election for speaker, and I've been there for three of them, I voted for Christine Quinn, so did the other Republicans from Staten Island. Uh, I voted for uh, Melissa Mark Viverito when it became apparent that she was going to become the next speaker. Um, it was unanimous, the vote for speaker. I voted for Corey Johnson. Now, Corey Johnson is a is a good friend of mine, but we don't agree on every issue. Certainly, he's much more uh, liberal than I am. Uh, but I vote for the speaker uh, because the votes in the city council are not like the votes that people see on CNN or Fox uh, for speaker of the House of Representatives or in Congress. It is much less partisan at the city level than it is in Washington. And that's why it works well here, and that's why the government is shut down in Washington, because, um, you know, every day is election day in Washington, D.C., and in New York City, Election Day, I think, is one day a year, and we accept the outcome and the will of the majority of the voters. Uh, Melissa had the votes for Speaker. I had a district that was uh, struggling to recover since Hurricane Sandy, and was I going to be the only vote 
against Melissa Mark Vavrito on principle. There was no Republican running against her. I had not supported Melissa over a conservative Democrat or fellow member of the Republican caucus. She had no opponent at that point. The, the other Democrat who was running against her dropped out of the race and endorsed her for a speaker. So by the time the vote rolled around for speaker, it was unanimous, it is inside baseball, and for people who are upset with my vote for speaker, they, they don't get upset when they get discretionary money for senior centers, for little leagues, for Rockaway Artists Alliance, for rebuilding schools for children with special needs, for Catholic charities, or for Met Council, or JASA, or new laptops and school computers and updates to the local Peninsula Library. You know, they, they stand in the picture with me and they say, thank you for the check, uh, but they don't understand what goes into that necessarily. The politics is local in New York City. It has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans, and the people who are using that as a, as a criticism not to support me or not to, uh, uh, not to help me in this race, I think are being rather foolish, and they, they don't know what they're talking about. And I've had that conversation with them, and, uh, and I think that's something that you know about me, Mark. I don't, you know, I, I'm not a shirking flower. I'm not afraid to stand up to people in my own party when it's necessary, but when people are completely wrong, in their logic and, and really just don't know what they're talking about. And this is one of those instances. I'm happy to have that debate with them because I know I'm right. And I made the right decision for the people of Rockaway. And if it hurt me with people who, you know, like to sit home and, and blast away on the keyboard, well, I'm not here to please everybody. And I don't need them, quite frankly. So, you know, they can... Go fly a kite. That's why I like to say that a lot on Twitter. I'm getting better, by the way. Uh, speaking of Twitter, um, I do have a question. I have fun um, with Twitter. It's a little, um, it's a little truculent, but I'm going to share it anyway because uh, uh, this person's been a, a, a loyal, um, loyal subscriber to the Wave, so I'm going to share this question. Great. Um, it's from Billy Campione from Breezy Point. So my question for Councilman Ulrich is about his motives in running for public advocate. He has shown himself to be a self-promoter, as evidenced by his public flirtations with running for the office of mayor, claiming he, considered, uh, claiming he was considered for Molinaro's lieutenant governor, uh, filming a reality TV show pilot while on the job, and um, bringing the only elected to support, oh, and being the only elected to support the offensive Bodigo for mayor. On Twitter, he called one public advocate a nut and, and the mayor a POS, but he is short on actual solutions to the problem he blames others for. Without specific, what specific tangible solutions, I'm sorry for it's such a terrible reading, what specific tangible solutions can be offered besides lambasting de Blasio's response, and why should you be taken seriously as a candidate after all the public, publicity pandering and sophomoric behavior? Well, I'd, first I'd like to know how Bill really feels. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bill sounds like a very angry person. I would encourage him to get some professional help. Uh, anybody who puts that much commentary into a question, I think uh, he, has a, he has a lot of anger issues. I don't know what to tell you. But, um, look, I, I, over the years, I'm in office 10 years come this February, I have um, always held uh, the public trust in the highest regard. And I have always tried to conduct myself with the utmost integrity. When the mayor is screwing my constituents, which he has done on many occasions, okay, Bill should remember being a resident of Rockaway when the mayor absconded millions of dollars in the Game Changer Grant competition that was promised to help 
by the Bloomberg administration, all the businesses along 116th Street, Rockwood Beach Boulevard, or when he took the ferry and then a year later gave it back to us and then expected a thank you from everybody, uh, or when they completely mismanaged uh, the, the, the rebuilding of the boardwalk and they continue to keep people out of their homes through a broken build-it-back system. So on issue after issue that directly impacts my constituents, at a particular time, if I used foul language to describe the mayor, well, I think that the majority of the people in Rockaway would agree with me. <laughs> and I was expressing the frustrations and the anger that people had at an, an administration who, quite frankly, just continues to slap them around and ignore them and not be responsive or respectful to the folks that live out here. Um, you know, I think Bill has taken uh, some exception uh, to some of my... Uh, uh, flirtations with other runs for public office. Um, this is a democracy. I have a right to run, and uh, and I'm hoping that people will support me. I don't think he's voting for me on election day, but he has 20 other nuts to choose from. And and what I said about one of the uh, other left wing nuts in the race, I stand by. I, I you know if he's offended by that, well then vote for one of them and see what you get. I mean if you really think that Melissa Mark Viverito or Jumani Williams. Or, or Nomiki Konst or one of these other people that want to raise the minimum wage to $30 an hour and when all the businesses in, in, in Breezy Point close, I want to know who he's going to blame because that's exactly the type of policies and platforms that those candidates are running on. And they, by the way, they also have endorsed the mayor, supported the mayor, and they are in line lockstep with the mayor's so-called progressive agenda. I think that bill is alone in Breezy Point uh, because I got over 90% of the vote in Breezy Point in my last election. And in, and in almost every election, I've done overwhelmingly better in Breezy Point than in almost any other part of my district. So the shareholders in Breezy know that of, of all the elected officials that represent that community, I got their back 100%, and they've always had mine. And I'm very proud to represent Breezy Point. Um, but I guess Bill was one of the... Uh, one of the hundred people that didn't vote for me out there. I always said I wanted to meet them because I got like 1,600 votes out there <laughs> and there were a hundred that voted for my opponent and I never could figure out who they were. I guess he's one of them. But um, you can't win them all, Mark. I have very thick skin and if Bill wants to vote for somebody else, God bless him. That's what makes America great. I, I think your approval rating is probably better than mine in Rockaway anyway. <laughs> well, because I'm not running. <laughs> That's exactly. what I feel like. <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, you've talked about uh, that you would like to see the public advocate role be stronger and have, you know, uh, have a little bit more teeth, maybe a little bit more money to kind of do some of the things that might be required to truly be uh, a stone in the shoe, or more than a stone in the shoe, of, of this administration. Um, how would you go about that? I think there are a number of changes that need to be made, and I, I would propose this uh, in the form of uh, recommendation to the Charter Revision Commission that's been established. I think the public advocate needs an independent budget. Uh, and we've said that for years, going back to Mark Green when he used to drive Giuliani nuts and Betsy Gottbaum and Bill de Blasio. Hey, by the way, Bill de Blasio wasn't a terrible public advocate uh, per se. Uh, it's when he became mayor that he completely, I think, forgot all of the little people in the outer boroughs that, uh, that he was supposedly advocating for and fighting for. Um, I think that the public advocate needs an independent budget. We can't be at the mercy of the mayor and the city council. I can all but assure you that if I am successful in this special election, that my colleagues in the city council 
and the mayor will absolutely slash my budget because they're not going to give me the resources and the staff that I'm going to need to investigate city agencies, to go after the administration when they're wrong on substantive issues and in real scenarios where I think we need to shed some light. Um, I think an independent budget is fair and uh, it's something that Citizens Union and other good government groups I think have advocated for in the past. Uh, aside from having an independent budget, I think that the public advocate needs to have subpoena power and real subpoena power. I think we need to have a legal framework and authority to compel elected officials and city commissioners and agencies to cooperate with investigations so that we can get to the root or the cause of a particular problem or find where the waste and the fraud and the abuse is in the system because in a budget of almost ninety billion dollars you know it's there you and i both know it's there if the job of the city advocate the public advocate is supposed to root out the corruption and the fraud and, and yes hold the administration accountable but go after some of these agencies and be an ombudsman which is the, the word that's actually used in the city charter well how can i be an ombudsman if i don't have money in the budget and the office has no teeth and i have no legal authority to, to compel people or force them to cooperate with what I'm trying to do on behalf of the taxpayers and the people of the city of New York. If we want this position to stick around, and I certainly do because I think it's important that we have a counterbalance to the mayor. The mayor already has so much power in this city, and now that you have the mayor and the city council basically on the same page on every issue, it's basically a, a rubber stamp process. I think New Yorkers need someone who's independent of the mayor to stand up to the mayor, hold his feet to the fire, make sure that he's accountable, and also go after these agencies when they're hurting average New Yorkers and business owners and senior citizens and homeowners and people who are getting screwed by the city of New York. Someone has to stand up for them. That's why I'm running for public advocate. Why don't you let uh, the folks know uh, where to you know, find your stuff and, and how to follow you and how to donate to your campaign. Well, they can ask Bill because uh, he follows me on Twitter and, <laughs> you know, he could tell you uh, better. Um, I enjoy it and uh, I want as many, I, people can agree with me, disagree with me. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, on, on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, they can also go to our website, ericulrich.nyc, to learn about our campaign for New York City Public Advocate. The election is nonpartisan. So if you're a hardcore Democrat, a hardcore Republican, you can leave that hat at home for the day because when you go into the poll site, you're going to see just 20 names on a ballot. And I'm running on the common sense line because I believe it's time that we restored some common sense and some sanity to how we approach city government. And I'm sick and tired of Mayor de Blasio just getting everything that he wants and putting our city on the wrong track. If people like Mayor de Blasio and they disagree with everything that I've said in this interview, uh, then they've got 20 other people to pick from. But if people want to hold the mayor accountable, send the mayor a message that on February 26th, I'm asking them to vote for me on the Common Sense Line, and they can check out more information on my website, ericulrich.nyc. I'd be honored to have their vote. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, thanks again, uh, Councilman uh, Ulrich, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you uh, in the paper on Friday, uh, the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893.